Are you an aspiring creative in entertainment, business, fashion, design, or the arts? Do you want to elevate your creative passion project to the next level? Then this show is for you. Whether you want a career in television, film, radio, literature, music, or beyond, Creative Breakthrough will show you how to take your dreams and turn them into reality. This show will not only leave you feeling motivated and inspired, but also provide you real-life tools to pursue the creative journey you have always wanted. I'm your host, creative coach, and chicken wing lover, Shireen Kassab, a.k.a. The Funny Brown Girl. Yes, I have an unhealthy obsession with chicken wings. Now, get ready to flex your creative muscle. Welcome back to another episode of The Creative Breakthrough. Hey, two announcements before we jump into this week's episode. First, on episode six, Laura Diaz shared her journey from news anchor to radio personality. She also shared that her dream was to have her own morning radio show. Well, congratulations to Laura because she's now the new host of Mix 100.7, the Mix Morning Show with Laura Diaz. So if you live in the Tampa area, check it out starting January 3rd. The second announcement is today's episode is a two-part story. Today, I'm going to share Precious Hannah, a Jordan shoe designer's story. Next week, we're going to dive deeper into what inspires her and sparks her creativity when designing shoes. She's going to share with us the project that wowed Nike executives during her internship and how she came up with it. So let's get to today's guest. Precious Hannah is currently a footwear designer for the Jordan brand. She started her career at Nike as an intern and worked her way to footwear design, her passion and her goal. She's also a Pencil alum, a design academy that educates and challenges the next generation of product creators to be successful in the industry through classes and competition. In Hannah's words, don't tell me the sky's the limit when there are footprints on the moon. Tell me I can't do it. Challenge accepted. Her teachers introduced her to sleepless nights at the age of 15, paired with an understanding that hard work will get her to where she wants to be if she's persistent. She was pretty certain she wanted to change the world at the age of 16. Now as a mom of a little one, and if anyone has pushed her harder in her career, he's been one of her biggest motivations. So, what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Welcome to the guest chair, Precious. Hey. Well, uh, let's get started. One question I really like to ask everyone when they join the podcast is um, how and when did your creative journey begin? I would say that probably in elementary school, fifth grade, going into sixth grade, I had this teacher named Mrs. Zabrowski, and um, she was just a really interesting teacher. She had contacted my parents and told them that I was very good at art and in and music. And I was just like, uh, uh I don't, I don't know. So she was telling them that there's, there's a school down in Miami called New Orleans Middle and that I should basically apply for an audition. I didn't know what an audition was. I didn't know what I was supposed to do or bring. But I got to the audition and uh, there was a teacher who had some paper. She scribbled on it. I drew something really cool. Long story short, I got in and I was like, okay. That's dope. I spent three years at that school and and it was time for me to go to high school. And I really wanted to go to my home school, um, which was Kara City. But my art teacher at the time, my middle school art teacher, Miss Atkinson, was like, you know, Precious, you're very talented. You should go to an all art magnet school. And I was just like, nah, I don't really want to go. I don't 
I'm not really looking forward to it. And she was like, no, 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 you should go. It'll be great. You'll have opportunities here and there. And I was just like, mm. So my mom and my sister basically was like, hey, you know, you should uh, audition for these schools. So I was like, okay, I auditioned for two different schools. It was Dash, Designer Architecture Senior High, and then New World. And I also auditioned to another, another school named Crop. Auditioned. Got into Dash. And, and what's the audition like? What, was it the same the scribble and then you had no, to draw something? crazy. Like, so we had to bring all of like our best, maybe 15 pieces of work. So you bring 15 pieces of work. They separate you from your parents. And then there's like a test. It's like a four, a four classroom test. The first classroom is oh, you're going to draw yourself with a mirror. The second one is you're going to draw a still life. And then there was a scribble test. And then you're going to draw yourself again without a mirror. And then you had to do a verbal audition with one of the teachers. And they asked you like all these crazy questions. Like, who's, what do you do when you wake up? And who's your favorite artist? And stuff like that. It was just really weird, especially being like 13. It was super intense. So this was, this school was focused mostly on painting, on the arts. Yeah. So this school was focused uh, primarily on fashion um, fine art, industrial industrial product design, architect. Uh, did I say graphics already? No, but oh yeah, graphics. <laughs> like computer graphics, or this no, was like, back before. Well, yeah, it was back before computer graphics was like, <laughs> like yeah, back in the day, before it was like computer graphics. It was more just like uh, paper and pen graphics. So you, so you're going on these auditions. You're 13. What happens? So I got into Dash. And I knew I got into Dash. I didn't tell my family because I didn't want to go to Dash. <laughs> so I kind of just, <laughs> I kind of just like brushed it under the rug real quick. And my art teacher was like, hey, Precious, what school are you going to? And I was like, oh, I'm going to Carroll City. And she was like, no, you're not. I was like, yeah, I am. She's like, no, you're not. I was like, but I am. She was like, but you're not. And I was like, all right, well, watch and see. And she called my, uh, my sister at the time. And she said, hey, you know, Precious got into the school and I think it will be really good for her to go. And my sister was like, I'm gonna go home, talk to my mom. And we're, yeah, she's gonna go. So I ended up going. And the first year I was just like, I hate this school. I don't like it. Kids here are completely different. So just to give you a background, I grew up in Miami, of course. Um, but not, I grew up in like Dade County. Dash was on the side of like North Miami Beach area. So it was just a lot of different people. The kids that were going to that school, um, their parents were just very well off. And it was just a different vibe from where I was at. Like the kids were just different. They dressed different. Their hair was crazy. They wore weird clothes. They were doing weird stuff. And I was just like this chick that was like, uh, this is, this is different. This is a lot different. And it was a predominantly white school. I came from a dominant black neighborhood. So it was just very, very different. So did you stay then or did you leave? I'm assuming you stayed. Oh, of course. <laughs> I stayed. Because what happened was, was like, it was coming down to the end of the year. And when you're a freshman, you just take foundational courses. But um, when you're going into your sophomore year, they walk you around and they're like, OK, you're going to be picking your classes for next year. We're going to you're going to basically start your principal element or uh, 
I guess, your focus on what you want to be. And I, I walked through the fashion class and I was like, nah, this is not for me. I walked through architect and I was like, oh, I might like this. Walked through graphics, all the other um, classes. And then I remember walking into the product design class and there were these um, drawings on the wall. And I was like, yo, like if I take this class, I can draw like that. And the teacher, Miss K, was like, yeah. And I was like, wait, 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 you mean to tell me, like, if I take this class, I'm going to be able to draw like this by the time I leave that? And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh, I'm so, wow. I want to draw like this. Take this class. <laughs> I just got goosebumps. That was, <laughs> that's a cool story. Oh, but little did I know, little did I know, what Miss K did not say is that she was going to make sure that uh, you were going to have sleepless nights and she wasn't going to have, like, no shit. Like, I've never had a teacher who was basically like, look, this is how it's going to be. And if you don't do it this way, then you just get the fuck out. Can I say fuck? It's fine. You've said it now. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) But like, Miss K was like the greatest teacher ever. Like, I, she was one of the teachers that was like, if she seen it in you, she pulled it out of you. Like if she knew you could do it, she would reach down into your soul and just yank it out of you, whether you liked it or not. Like, I remember um, I was having a conversation with my family and they were saying, you know, Precious, uh, you're probably not, we won't have enough money for you to go to college. And to me, it just felt like, well, if we're not going to have money for me to go to college, then why am I going to school? It doesn't make sense. Like, I'm wasting time. So I stopped doing good work in school. I just kind of like, I did the bare minimum. When I mean like bare minimum, bare minimum. And she, I remember I was walking into her class. I had like a little croissant with some Nutella on it because I had just came out of French class. I'm I'm hungry now. Nutella is my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) I love Nutella too. But I remember walking in her class and I had this croissant and I was just like eating and she was like, you better stuff that down your throat. And I was like, oh, she was like, do you have your assignment? And I was like, no. And she said, okay. She kicked everybody out the class except for me. And she was like, Precious, if you don't get your shit together, I don't know what to tell you. I absolutely don't know what to tell you. And I was like, um, she was like, look, I already set up a parent conference with your family. They're coming in on Tuesday. I think it was a Tuesday. And we're going to basically let them know that you haven't been doing jack shit in my class. And I was like, oh, snap. Okay. So, um. She set up this uh this conference. She walked inside of the conference. I've never like I remember this like it was yesterday. She walked inside. She was five minutes late. Walked inside, sat down. But you know how like a teacher sits down and they're like all professional and like, hey, you know, my name is such and such and such. She like sat down, put her feet up on the desk, and was like, look, um, she she's fucking up. Like, like seriously, like she pulled out some papers. She was like, this is what Precious used to do. And it was like all these beautiful drawings. And then she put out a blank sheet of paper and she was like, this is what Precious is doing now. And my brother came to the their interview, the the parent conference, and he was just like, Oh man, like, I don't I don't know. I don't he 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 was worried, just like, wow, Precious went from doing like all this this stuff to not doing anything. And like he sat down with me afterwards and was like, yo, you can't do this. Why why are you feeling this way? And I told him it was because that I was probably not gonna have the ability to go to college. 
But what happened after that, which was really cool, was that I had the chance to come back to school, back in Miss K's class, fix my attitude, and, you know, move forward. Got into Art Basel. Um, Art Basel was new in Miami. I had the chance to do that. That led to me going to Switzerland in Art Basel, which was pretty dope. So what pushed you, though? Like, what pushed you, even after you heard you couldn't go to college, like, after that meeting, what what inspired you? What sparked inside of you? Uh, I think it was just the su- having support from my family. And, like, I had a best friend named Oscar who was just super supportive. He's not with us anymore. And it was just, like, crazy to have, like, that emotional support at such a young age, but not even like necessarily know that it was something that was pushing me. It was like, Oh, okay. I got to move forward. It was, it was, I was, it was two chicks inside of the classroom. Everyone else were dudes. So it was like hanging out with dudes and then being like, Oh, well, you know, let's have this sketch contest. And I bet precious can't do it. And then when I won, it was like, Oh, precious did A, B, C, and D. So it was just like, you have that support. And like, it was just the best thing. Now that I look back on it, it was really good for me. But at that time, you know, you're just trying to do what you need to do in order to be where you need to be and look cool. So you started Miss Kay's this teacher who really got you to get your act together. And you started, you you had this t- parent teacher conference and then you turned around and you went to Art Basel. And then what happens? Uh, so in, in that mix, um, Miss Kay, she like, she taught a lot of people. So she had people who would come back from like internships from Nike or Fossil or wherever they were working at. And it was this one particular chick that came back from Nike. She had just finished her internship. And this is like when I want knew I wanted to be a footwear designer. She came in, she did a project with SB. And when I was talking about sketches, like sketches on sketches on sketches, the sketches that just make you be like, whoa, this is this is not this is not real. She was showing these sketches and I was just like, the whole time I'm looking at the sketches and I was just like, oh, this is dope. But then it hit me like, whoa, wait, you're a chick and you do footwear. And she was like, yeah. And I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. but you're a chick and you do footwear. Like I just thought dudes could only do footwear. I, I, I didn't even think that there were like actual footwear designers. But for some odd reason, it didn't click to me that chicks can design not only apparel, but also other things. So now you're talking to this woman, this chick, and she works for Nike and she's a footwear designer. What happens? She was interning at Nike at the time. Um, She's just kind of, she was just kind of like, hey, you know what, Precious, let's keep in contact. And I'm like 16, 17, like, I don't know anything about networking. I was just like, yeah, girl. We'll keep in contact. Um, but Miss K, she basically was like, no, you need to keep in contact with her. Like you, she, she's a great mentor. You guys are from the same place. She came to the school. You just need, sh- just keep in contact with her. So I was like, okay. I ended up going, having like Art Basel, being featured, ended up going to college, uh, CCS. And what was interesting about that is that I only applied to CCS. A college for creative studies which is in Detroit I didn't apply to any other school because I was just like uh if I get in I get in if I don't I don't and then I got in and I was like oh is this like one of the number one schools for art yeah okay so you did your internship at New Balance correct yeah 
So I had an internship at New Balance, which was my first footwear internship, which was pretty dope. Um, after I did New Balance internship, my second, and in- I did two, well, nine months at a uh, New Balance. I did a lifestyle internship and then basically an innovation, um, internship there, which was pretty dope. And then What's an innovation? Like coming up with new shoe technology or. Yeah. It's just like out of the box stuff, like stuff that you wouldn't necessarily see. Like how can, how can you create something and it just be so different? And then if it if it's dope, okay, how can we take that and basically put it into a product where we can put it in line or basically in the store so people can grasp it and actually get it? Wow, that that would sound really cool. Cause yeah, that's it, was, like, it was dope. So then you go back to school, you graduate. How did you get to Nike? Oh, crazy story with that one. Uh, when I came back from New Balance, I was yeah senior senior year. Um, Nike was doing a sponsorship at CCS. So they picked 40 kids. It was like, it was pretty dope. You know, Nike came out. They were like, hey, it was Jason Maiden, um, E. Scott Morris, Howard Lecter. And they were basically talking about like, if you guys at the end of this course, we're going to give out three um, internships. And it's going to be for the best ones, you know, the best of the best goes to Nike. And right then and there, I was like, oh, now I got to figure out how to be 39 people in this group. Like, I just have to figure that out. I want to ask, so in this school, did they have footwear design no, classes? footwear design was like, it was sin. It was shunned upon. Like, I remember I had sketchbooks on sketchbooks on sketchbooks of uh, footwear design. And I remember going to one of our first, uh, basically, end of the year reviews. And they were like, oh, your sketchbooks and showed them my sketchbooks. And they were like, yo, if you draw one more shoe, we're going to fail you. Like, we're absolutely going to fail you. And I was like, but, and it was like, that's that. Like, we're going to fail you if you draw one more shoe. So I still drew shoes, but I kept them in a separate sketchbook that I didn't show them. Because I mean, like, you got to get out, get it out somehow. Yes. So when, when you, when you were going to beat 39 people, were you going to beat them on your sketches of shoes or had you figured out a new way to beat them? I had no clue how I was going to beat them, but I knew I was going to beat them. Like it was going to be something that I had to do. I had to do something outrageous, like just something different that it was unexpected for me to be like, for them to say, yo, Precious is the one that we need. Like we need her. Um, But what ended up happening was I, it was coming to down to the end. Our team worked hard. I was working three jobs at that time. And was probably getting 10 hours of sleep a week after that. Full-time student. I had a full-time job. I had a part-time job, two part-time jobs on school, at school on campus. And um, it was it was like the day before presentation. We were like, okay, we need to get together. We got to set up our, our room and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. So we, I got left. Oh, I was working at Costco at the time. Left Costco, went back down to CCS, which probably like, 15 miles away drove back down I'm in the room with my my homies we're setting up the whole thing and I was like I gotta use the bathroom went to the bathroom and I fell out in the bathroom woke up in a hospital oh my and the 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 doctor was like yo I don't know basically what he was like asking me crazy stuff like do you use cocaine do you use heroin and I'm like no he's like well 
you have all this crazy stuff in your blood. I'm like, well, he's like, have you been eating? I was like, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I'm like 21. I don't know. Like, how did, I don't even know how I got here. And I was like, what time is it? He was like, oh, it was 730. And my presentation with Nike was at 9 a.m. So I was like, oh, I got to go. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, I have a presentation with Nike. Like, in an hour and 30 minutes, I'm not even ready. I don't even know if, like, my team's ready. Like, I have to go. And he was like, well, Precious, I don't think you should go. And I was like, whatever, fuck you. I started pulling out IVs out of my arm, and I left. Went home, got dressed, dressed in all black. I had glasses on my face when I presented. It was crazy. I ended up falling out again after the presentation, and I ended up back in the hospital. The same one. The doctor's looking at me like, I told you you shouldn't have left. And I was just like, whatever. And was that just from exhaustion? I was just, I was exhausted. I was beyond exhausted. But later that day, my homeboy hit me up and he was like, yo, Precious, um, guess what? I was like, what? He was like, they picked the, he goes, they didn't pick three people for the um, internship. They only picked one. And my heart was beating so, you have no clue, like, how hard, how, like, my heart was just like out of my chest at the time. And I was like, who did they pick? And he was like, you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, yeah. I have goosebumps. <laughs> That's awesome. And did you go back and tell the doctor at the hospital? Like, boom. No, I just paid the bill and said, next time I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to Nike. Now this is an internship or is this a full-time job? This is an internship at Nike. So what, uh, what, the- what category were you in when you started? So when I started Nike, I was in bags, the center of excellence bags division. I knew nothing about bags, like absolutely nothing about it. But fortunately, I had like a great team that they kind of like, they were like, yo, okay, we want you to design a bag. We have three months. And then they like, let me go. Ironically, the chick that I talked about in the beginning, she was at Nike. So she was like the first person that, I mean, we already had been talking, (laughs) but like, fortunately, uh, she was there and she like gave me a list of people and she was like, look, you need to meet with A, B, C, and D. And then when you meet with these people, ask them who you should meet with and then ask them who you should meet with. So it kind of turned in a list that was like 10 people turned into, by the end of my um, internship was 143 people I had spoken to within a three months time. Of just like about their experience. Wow. Yeah. Their experience, what I should do. When did you do any work? You know what? <laughs> I still had the college mentality inside of me. So I had no sleep. I was just like networking throughout the day, working during the night. Cool. So then so then what happens? You finish this internship in three months and then what? So we had this huge show at the end and like everyone from like Nike, if they have time, they come through and they look at it and they say, oh, this is great. This looks dope. It was pretty dope. Uh, this dude named Sam Ryan, he was the design director for Apparel at the time, walked up to me and was like, Jordan Apparel, walked up to me and was like, hey, so what are you doing after this? And I was like, "Uh, I'm going to go. Yeah, not even. I was like, I'm going to fly back and go work for Costco, like going back to work for Costco. And he was like, OK, so when can you come back here? And I was like, come back for what? And he was like, a job. And I was like, oh, uh, when do you need me to come back? I can come back. <laughs> oh my god, you're killing me! <laughs> so 
Lord. My job in Jordan for the first like four years were hats, bags, socks. So the equipment designer, I knew nothing about hats. I knew nothing about socks. I knew, still knew anything about bags. But what that did was basically it opened me up to networking even more. So it was like, okay, the, all of the 143 people that I spoke to, how many of them did hats? How many of them did bags? How many of them did socks? Okay, how can I leverage what they know to help me to succeed in this new position that I know nothing about? So then four years in hands or hats, bags and socks. And then how did you transition to shoes? Uh, it was it was always my passion. I started doing stretches, stretch assignments with different categories, learning more about footwear, uh, learning how to just how could I be a part of the footwear? And I had a lot of people who believed in me. It was like, you know what, Precious, I think you can do this. Like, I think I think you you could do this. Ironically, when I was uh, given my footwear position, I found out I was pregnant. And that was probably one of the most, mm, what I, what I say, struggling times, the most unsure time of my life, because I felt like my career had just started and it had just ended at the same time. So how did that transpire? <laughs> did you tell them or you were kind of like, I'm just going to start this job? And Yeah, I started it. I didn't tell anyone I was pregnant for the first six months of my pregnancy. I just kind of like, cause I, I was already known for wearing baggy clothes. So nobody really, they like, they didn't, <laughs> they, they like, you know, I got a couple of looks like, hold up, is something going on? Like I see the mid areas get big, but everything else is staying the same size. But I would get those <laughs> looks and I'll just be like, I don't know what you're talking about. But then it got to a point where I was like, look, these stairs are getting, they getting crazy to walk up and going across campus. I got to leave 20 minutes in advance before everybody else. Cause my little legs can't keep up. So I was like, look guys, I'm pregnant. I can't hold it no more. And they were like, yo, congratulations. This is dope. Why didn't you tell us before? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't tell you before, but. Were you, were you nervous to tell them because you just started the job or were you nervous to tell them? Cause it was mostly, it was probably, I'm guessing it was a male dominated team where you didn't want them to f- they, you didn't want them to sort of pity you, not pity is not the right word, but look down on you for being pregnant. Yeah, I can say, I can say a little bit of both of them. Um, I I just had felt like I worked so hard to get to this position. And now I'm in this like mental, my, my hormones are everywhere. My mental capacity is, has shrunken because now I'm like, Okay, I gotta get this shoe done, but I'm really, really hungry. Oh wait, no, no, I gotta get the shoe done. <laughs> but it was just like so much stuff going on in my head. And I didn't wanna make people feel like, oh, you know, Precious got this job and now she's gonna leave us for X amount of months mm-hmm. to go on maternity leave. Like that was my biggest thing. Like I felt like I was um letting my team down. So you took time off, went on maternity leave, you come back to Jordan. So let's stop there for a second. I want to ask you, uh, I know you went to Pencil and it's a design academy based in Portland yep. and it provides students and I'm assuming students of color the opportunity to understand shoe design, correct? Correct. Okay. So tell me about that and like how you found them and how you got involved with them. Uh, Pencil just taught me like, yo, there is a world out here that you can change. You just got to know that you want to change it and be persistent about it. 
So when I got back to school after taking pencil, I was just like, what? I can do this. Don't tell me I can't do nothing. I can do this. So it was like pencil put me in a different in a different mindset of looking at problems that I would have, um, people I would come in contact with, just stuff like that. So you had mentioned earlier, like this girl had come to talk to you guys and she, you said you were su- you were surprised she was a female doing footwear design. Do you get that a lot? Do a lot of people ever say that to you? Like footwear design is only for yeah. men? How do you, you react to I that? I, I don't necessarily get that. I get, wait, so you work like, how do they say it? I'd be like, oh yeah, you know, I work at Nike um, footwear. Oh, you work at the, the company store? No, like <laughs> I'm a footwear designer. Oh, so you mean like you're the person who like looks at the shoes and you might, you know, put something on it? No, 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 no. I like design footwear from like ground up. Oh, and then like it's a really like long pause. And they're like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's 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 interesting. So why do you think there aren't a lot of women in footwear design? Do you think it's because they don't know they can do it? Or is it because it's just hard to get your foot in the door? I think it's because they don't know that they can do it. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's so, I mean, product design is such a male-dominant um, study. Like, now there are more women, which I'm, like, super ecstatic about. When I was going to school, it was me and one other chick who graduated from college that was in product design. When I left Dash, I was the only chick who graduated from product design. So it's like... They don't, they don't necessarily know they can do it. They know materials and color exist. So you see a lot of women in color and materials. When it comes to designing footwear, like, no, nah, not at all. And it's like, you don't necessarily have to have a footwear design degree in order to be in footwear design. You just have to understand the logistics of it. It's a design. It's a product. You're designing it. So as you've, got, as you've gone through your creative journey through art school and then... Um... You went to school in Detroit and then you did your internships and you held down all these different jobs um, to support yourself. Like what challenges have you faced not only as a woman, but as a woman of color? Uh, some of the challenges that I faced was, oh, you're never going to make it a corporate with dreads. Mm. Corporate people don't like dreads. You're never going to do that. And I was like, okay, well, watch me. And now my dreads are like touching the back, the back of my upper bottom. Wow. Uh, <laughs> like I will always tell people like that's a that's a look I am not my hair bro mm-hmm. like I'm just me and if you can't like respect me and the knowledge that I have then I shouldn't I mean I shouldn't be with you I shouldn't be in your presence because obviously you don't you have no respect um I've been in situations where people will be like oh you don't understand the design process and you're never going to understand because you're too confident and you're just too this and you're too that. And it's like, for me, it's like, yo, if you telling me that I'm too confident and you're not confident enough, and that's just going to gas me to be even just, just to destroy whatever comes in my way in a good way, not a bad way. Where does the confidence come from? Uh, it came from me growing up in Miami and being completely different than everyone else that I grew up around. Cause you mm-hmm. got to have like, Growing up in Miami, a lot of people think, oh, you know, it's it's beaches and stuff down like that. It's like, yeah, well, on one side of the bridge, it's, a, it's beautiful. But on the other side of the bridge, you 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 hustle. Like, if you want something, you got to go out and get it. And that was something that I was taught at a very young age. Like, we're not going to give you, oh, you want shoes? We're going to get them for you. But what you, what you giving us in return? 
you getting good grades, you going outside and you washing the car. Like my, no lie, my auntie used to make me go out and wash her car every Saturday. And I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, put a little sud, hell, you, you wiping out. Like, no, I had one hand behind my back. I was on, wax on, wax off. And she would be like, I'll think about getting those shoes for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like, I was, I've been hustling, just trying to figure out where I want to be as a person since I was nine. Like, I know I'm different. I know I want to be an artist. Y'all, people would be like, Yo, artists don't make money. Okay, well, that's something that I want to do. So I'm going to figure out a way to mm-hmm. make money while doing it. What advice do you have for women in the workplace? <laughs> you got to be assertive because if you don't, then your voice doesn't get mm-hmm. heard. And then you sit there and you go home. You're like, I wish, I wish, I mm-hmm. wish. I was listening to a, uh, a, a documentary. This lady was talking about how women basically, they go home and they think about stuff that they did that day. Like, well, if I went to this meeting, I should have done it this way. Like they just, they act on it and they just react and react. Well, I should have said it this way or I should have said it that way. Whereas men, they say something and then afterwards they just forget mm-hmm. about it. Yep. It was like, oh, well, I said that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess. Yep. Okay. Yeah. It's like, we'll question, <laughs> is it stupid? Should we say it? Is it worth it? And a guy is just yeah. like, I don't care. I'm saying it. Exactly. And then they don't even like, it don't even hit them. Like you got to remind them like, yo, you said this at 9.52 AM. You were sitting right here. You had on this shoes, these like, and they still like, oh, oh no, maybe. So last question, um, before we get into the lightning round, uh, last question is like, what advice do you have for people who are trying to become footwear designers? I would say that there are two, two types of people in the world, like, or just people people tell you hey you can't do this you'll never be able to do that and you got people who are like oh well maybe you can do it I don't know like just don't be that person telling yourself that you can't do it because you are your biggest competition like what what somebody else says that you can and can't do they don't know you they don't know your struggle they don't know like the first thing you do when you wake up you might get on Instagram you might brush your teeth you might do something I don't know but they don't know that about you like you are the person who knows yourself the best and if you feel like you want to be a footwear designer, if you feel like you want to go to the moon, if you feel like you just want to walk down the street and get some coffee, do it. You only got one life to live. Sounds like a Nike commercial. How sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the lightning rounds. So the lightning round, I'm just going to ask you five questions, rapid fire, and just tell me the first thing you can think of. Cool? Okay. Question one. Who inspires you? Okay. So... Miss K, Sharice Thornhill, Ashley Payne, Dwayne Edwards, Michelle Walter, uh, Myra Sanders, um, Jonathan Hanna, and all of these people inspire me. Yes, everyone, (laughs) everyone that I come in contact with in a day inspires me, and they inspire me because they are themselves around me. They're very honest, and I love that, and they tell me. Like, you're fucking up and you need to not fuck up. That's good. I was going to start playing the uh, the Oscar music on you. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What's a habit that's helped you on your creative journey? Writing stuff down. Checklists. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Don't fuck it up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. What is a resource, whether a book, a movie, an online resource that you would recommend to someone on their creative journey? There is a a voice book that I've been listening to by Luann Daly. I don't know what the name of it is, but she has like five different ones. I've been listening to all of them. It just talks about like being a better you and how you can be a better you without giving yourself up for less amount of work, if that makes any sense. I listen to that daily. It's just like, hey, you are yourself. You are beautiful. You do this. Mm -hmm. You do that. It just it's just like a, a refreshing thing to listen to every morning. And then what do you want your legacy to be? Being able to help people get where they want to get. Like I feel like a lot of people they get told no once and then they just kinda give up. I wanna be the person to be like, yo, no, like you can you can do that and you can do more. You can be as big as you wanna be. It's just you gotta want it. I'm here to help though if you want me to. Cool. Well, on that on that note, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you or follow your work? Uh, so you can hit me up on Instagram at Preshush, P-R-E-S-H-U-S-H. My profile is private. Um, so just hit me with a DM, slide into the DMs, you know, say you heard me on the show and I'll be like, okay, accept. If they want to check out your work, your actual like designs, they can go to your website, right? Precious, uh, what's that dash called? Dash Hannah. Dash, so precious hyphen Yes, that's me. It's been so much fun talking to you, Precious. Thank you so much for joining us today. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hey, before you hit pause, did you find this episode helpful and enjoyable? If so, could you leave an Apple podcast, aka iTunes review? It'll take you less than one minute and mean the world to me. The more ratings and reviews the show gets, the more people are able to find this podcast. If you're unsure how to leave a review, no worries. If you're on your iPhone or iPad, go to the homepage of this show and scroll down to write a review. Click on it and you'll be able to rate and review the show. If you're on a Mac from iTunes, go to the show homepage and on the top, click ratings and reviews. Also, please subscribe to get the latest episodes once they drop. If you enjoy the episode and know someone who would love it, please share. From your iPhone, click on the icon with three dots and then share via social media, email, or text. If you want to hear more, head over to funnybrowngirl.com forward slash podcast. You can also find me online. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Funny Brown Girl. Also, sign up for my free newsletter for more tips to advance your creative journey at funnybrowngirl.com forward slash subscribe. And again, if you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Now, go flex your creative muscle and keep winning. Thank you for listening. See you next week.